Own Your Creativity, Episode 54. And when I started dreaming again, it's like I felt like I had hope. Like I had hope for something better for my life just by having the dream. Not even doing something by it, but by just by having that dream again. You're listening to the Own Your Creativity podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. I'm an author, professor, and podcaster, and I help people tell their story. So if you happen to be listening to my podcast for the first time, let me give a bit of background. I'm Elizabeth Johnston and I'm a story junkie. I love reading fiction, nonfiction, screenplays, poetry, you name it. I also love writing in those genres and one of my all-time favorite things to do is teach about those topics. There's nothing like getting together with people ready to jump into exploring their creativity. I love it. And I just finished teaching two classes. One was magazine writing and the other was introduction to short fiction. And the best thing about doing what I love is helping people like you unlock your creative potential so that you can think, feel and do better in work and in life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited today to be talking to Kamanzi Constable. He is this amazing business coach and writer. That's how I know him from our interactions. But I'm just so excited to be able to talk to him a little bit more and share him and his wisdom with you today. So welcome to the show, Kamanzi. Elizabeth, thank you for having me. I'm chilling here in Wisconsin with some delicious Tim Hortons. Um, <laughs> Ready for this? <laughs> what? You don't have any Taco Bell? No, that's too early for that. <laughs> Maybe a little bit later. <laughs> so you have such an amazing, interesting story. Um, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about where you are now, and then we'll go back into how you got to where you are now. So what is it that you're doing now? Yes, I am a writer. I write for several large media publications. I'm the author of four books. Um, I just started a journey to write my um, fifth and sixth book this year. And I also speak and consult. I travel to about 15 countries a year for speaking and consulting gigs. I'm here in beautiful but cold Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But actually, uh, we're recording this on a Thursday and on Monday, I leave to go to for a speaking tour in Europe for two months. So I get to travel around and, and move around the world um, doing what I love, and I, and I coach people. And I also love watching Netflix shows. So I do a little bit of everything. And so where are you going in Europe? I'll be going to Amsterdam, Dublin, London, Paris, Barcelona, and Rome. Oh, my goodness. All in one year. <laughs> yeah, well, all in two months. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. So what what's it like living on the road like that? Some days it's really great. Other days it's depressing. So I love going to new countries and experiencing new cultures and meeting people and tasting the food and seeing, you know, some amazing things. Like I've gotten to see the pyramids in Egypt wow. and the Eiffel Tower, of course. And I've been a state in the Medina in Morocco, and I've had some very unique experiences. Um, so that's been amazing. But, you know, if I'm being perfectly honest, sometimes when you're just in the Airbnb or the hotel room alone, you know, your family and friends are on the other side of the world, 
sometimes it could get it could get kind of lonely. The time in uh, airports, the time on planes, it, it gets lonely at times. So I, I think it's a, a little bit of both, but it's it's more fun than it is anything else. So how do you deal with those lonely times? What what are your strategies? Uh, during the lonely times, I try to get out. Uh, for me, my go-to place is Starbucks. So I like to go to a Starbucks anywhere in the world, and I find that all Starbucks have good Wi-Fi. Uh, it's a pretty good environment. Like they got the community table. You can sit out and say, hey, I'm Kwanzi. Like <laughs> just uh, <laughs> meet some people, but not in a creepy way. <laughs> <laughs> you can meet some people. But I find when you really feel those moments of loneliness, you either got to call a friend or family member or you got to get out. And I like to get out and go and just start talking to random people. Uh, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm an introvert through and through. So, so how yeah. is it that you feel comfortable going into Starbucks and just chatting with strangers? I don't mind talking to people on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and especially if I feel like a good energy from them. But if it's, if it's like a if I go speak at a conference and there's like uh, 500 people in the audience, and then after they want to start rushing me and talking to me, that's when I want to run and hide. Or if it's a group of people at a place that that makes me want to run and hide or if i just feel like a weird energy for the person i just want to shut down and even it could even be things like video like a lot of people want to do video interviews with me and have me on their video podcast or do facebook lives and like that even makes me want to run and hide but you're getting you're getting used to that a little bit you've been doing some facebook lives now uh only what i've had uh only when I've had like a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> My last two Facebook Live was after I had some liquid courage. Um, I, I, the only reason I would consider like doing something like that is if I was in a cool place, a cool country, and I wanted people to see it. Right. And I know that the social media, the way the social media algorithms work, it would show it to more people if it was like on a Facebook Live or something like that. So that's the only way I would consider doing is if it's something really cool. And that's just to show people. Oh, okay. Cool. So you're a writer now. You consult uh, in businesses when you're consulting. What is it that you do in, in corporations and businesses? Uh, what I do is I, I do one of three things. I do digital marketing consulting, so helping a company take their, what they do offline and bring it into the offline world through digital marketing, which includes podcasting, email marketing, content creation, product launches, uh, websites, um, and any and social media marketing. Anything related to digital marketing, I'll help a company put together a digital marketing strategy or maybe even go more in-depth with it. Um, and then branding is another thing that I do. And then also I, I, I help companies uh, teach their employees how to have the entrepreneurial mindset. So it's one of those three things. You weren't always a writer. Way back when, you actually used to deliver bread for a living. So how is it that you went from that uh, to into writing? And what was that journey? Well, I, I, w I was a writer even before the bread journey. My earliest memories of writing and wanting to write uh, were when my grandfather used to give my brother and I books for each of our birthdays. And our, one year I was like, I don't know, seven or eight or nine, and he gave me a book called The Charm School. 
which is about Russian KGB agents that were trained to be American spies and infiltrate America. And these KGB agents were trained by American POWs that were taken from Vietnam and taken to Russia. And like, so there was like all of this action and mystery and suspense. And then at the end of the book, the Americans worked out a deal where they were going to put sleeping gas on the charm school of the camp where the KGB agents were trained and they were going to rescue the American POWs and it's going to be happily ever after. And I'm like, you know, I'm waiting for this. You know, this is great. And then when they, they put the gas and they're in the plane, they're in the helicopter and they're going over it. The, the main character in the story realizes it wasn't gas. It was sarin that they put over the camp and that they just killed everybody. <laughs> and I'm reading this, and I'm like, what just happened? Like, my life was never the same after that. I was not expecting the twist. It was online. And after that, I'm like, I want to write stories like this. I'm like, I want to write things that make people think. I want to write things that just change people's perspective and blow them away. And so after that, that's when I became a writer. And I would write poems and songs. And then when I turned about 10, I discovered girls. So I start writing girls love letters. <laughs> it's easier to write them a love letter than talk to them. But then when I was 17, um, I had a very hard upbringing and there was a lot of abuse. And I was actually forced out of home and I, I became homeless at 17. And when I became homeless at 17, I had to get three jobs to survive. I had a lot going on. That's when I gave up my dream of being a writer because I was in survival mode at that point. And after I came out of survival mode, then it was random job mode where I went through 13 different jobs in two years. And then I finally landed on the what you call the bread job, but it was it was my it was my business. Um, it was a service business for independent contractors, but it had me on a bread truck for 12 years. And so um, I just kind of got to a point in my life where I settled. I didn't think about dreams. I didn't think about goals. I didn't think about nothing. All I thought about was just a day in and day out grind. And it was in 2011 when I was reading USA Today and I happened to read a story of a woman named Amanda Hawking, who was a CNA from Minnesota, and she had self-published eight of her books. They were fiction books, and she had sold a million copies of them as self-published books. And I thought, man, if this CNA from Minnesota could do this, why couldn't I take writing up again? And I started thinking about what I'd write about, and I wanted to write about what the everyday working person went through. So I ended up writing a book that ended up becoming, being called Tales of the Everyday Working Man and Woman. And I self-published that in 2011. And that just kind of started the journey to get me to where I am now. And so what did you learn about, about your dreams and how important they are uh, you know, to live a, a happy life? I learned that they're very important because if you have a life that doesn't have goals and dreams or something bigger that you're striving for, it can get pretty mundane. It can get pretty depressing. And you just think, is this it? You know, this is, this is all I'm going to do in my life. And it's, it's kind of sad. And when I started dreaming again, it's like I felt like I had hope. Like I had hope for something better for my life just by having the dream. Not even doing something by it, but by just by having that dream again. And, you know, you can call it a dream. You can call it a goal. You can call it whatever you want. But it's something that you strive for to create a better life for yourself and or if you have a family, create a better life for your family. And I, I think it's vitally important in the happiness equation. What's your definition of creativity? 
I think uh, for me, my definition is being true to yourself and to your art. A lot of people will do things like write or paint or create a song based off of what they think is popular. And maybe their goal is just to make money. Um, but I think a lot of people just don't know what to do. So they'll look at what's popular and that's what they'll want to try. When the reality is that they know what's inside them, that message, that whatever burning desire for something, they know what that is that they want to get out to the world, but they're not true and, and real to that. So I think creativity is, is it starts with honesty and it's being real and it's putting something out to the world that may not be popular and shared all over the place, but it's something that you believe and it's something that you know that you have to get out to the world. And when was it that you realized that you had to be authentic and true to your inner vision? For me, it was right from day one. And it was because I had seen, I'd looked a little bit about at like online marketing and writing and blogs and podcasts and eBooks and all this stuff. And it all just seemed like it was, it felt like it was, um, it felt like it was a little plastic. And I knew that if I was going to do this and I wanted to come and make a difference in people's lives, I had to say the things that other people weren't willing to say. So like one of my first, like my second or third blog post was about a bankruptcy that I had to file in 2011. And it was gut wrenching to write about having to file bankruptcy and put that out there to the world. And people are like, you're crazy, don't do it, you know, blah, 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 you got to give this image of being this super whatever person. And I'm like, no, and, you know, I put that message out there to the world and what I was feeling, what I was going through. And I got, you know, from a guy who had a blog that was getting like 10 people, I got like 40 or 50 emails from random people like, hey, my friend sent me this and said I need to read it. I'm going through this right now. And I know it's your thank you for having the courage to talk about it. And it feels so good to see somebody else talk about it. And so right from the beginning, I knew. And so what gives you the courage to keep doing that? Because I know that there's a lot of people in the online world that that do advocate being real and telling your story, but they kind of just tell it in a one-off way. And it's the same story that they may um, come back to again, you know, just to remind people about about their pivotal story. But they, But I find that you are consistently honest and transparent about all of your ups and your downs. And, uh, and so where, where do you get that courage to keep, you know, putting it out there and also integrating it into your success story? I, I find when I started this journey, I, I started this journey with the intention of helping people. And I, I told myself the only way that I could really help people is if I show them the complete picture, like not just the wins and losses, but everything in between. Um, because I, I have a passion to help all those who are where I was, people that want more, that want a better life, that want to chase a dream but feel like they're stuck. I want them to see that this is possible and this is how it happened, and these are the real steps along the way. I'm not going to teach you some, you know, this is my seven-step system, and then you're going to use it and then become, you know, wildly rich and famous and dating models and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I want them to see these are the real steps. This is what it's going to take. These are the real struggles. I, I want people to see the, the complete picture. And at this point, it's not even a matter of courage. It's a matter of this is just what I do. <laughs> this is just what I do. It's ingrained in me. It doesn't, I don't even have a thought. The only thing that I really think about is if there's other people involved 
you know, how much am I going to get them involved in the story? Because I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to put anybody's business out there that shouldn't be out there. So when it comes to our other people involved, you know, I might have to change a few of the names to protect the innocent. But it, it's not even a thought anymore of, should I do this or not do this? Or people are going to say this. No, I just, it's, just, it's just what I do. What's the best advice that you've ever received? The best advice that I ever received was um, that you're not going to be able to take your stuff with you. So like I was a person that liked to collect things. Um, I liked to, I had nice cars. Uh, I actually owned three houses. I had all the toys, Playstations and Xboxes and everything. I had all nice things and I was like, I lived for nice things. And it was my grandfather who told me like almost, you know, like a few weeks before he died, he's like, you're not going to take your stuff with you. What you remember, because he was uh, 87, 88 when he died. And he's like, what I remember at this point is not all the things that I've had in 88 years. It's all of my experiences. So he said, don't chase stuff. He's like, create experiences, chase experiences, live them, make them. He's like, those will go with you forever. Wow. What a wise man. Yeah, he really was. Can you share one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success? One of my personal habits is that I'm consistent. Um, and I don't say that to toot my own horn. But <laughs> we say, uh, I'm consistent in the work that I need to do and in the work that I need to do in every area of my life. So especially for the say we're talking to writers here. Um, I write every day. I'll write at least a thousand words every day. And then on Sunday, which is my bulk writing day, I'll write 20,000 words. And I do that weekend, wake out, day in and day out. I'm consistent with writing. That helps me produce a lot of content that gets shared over a lot of places that grows every part of my business. So that consistency helps. The consistency in, in being there for my children, the consistency in being there for friends and family members. Just um, being consistent in every area of my life has, has really helped tremendously. Is there a person who inspires you to be creative and this person can be alive or not? There are uh, several people that inspire me to be creative. Um, <clears throat> one of them is Stephen King. Obviously, and I know that's kind of cheesy, like as a writer to choose Stephen King. But come on, the guy writes like eight hundred word books, right? And he's written how many books? And the storylines are good, and he's still going at it. So he's one. Um, Nicholas Sparks is one. Um, even whether or not you like his books and the love stories, and you feel like they're the same, blah blah. blah. The man is a machine. Like he he writes like four hours every day consistently. He puts out like a couple books every year, so he he's definitely a machine. Um, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, because I think she has a tr very true voice in her in her music and in her words, and she's true to who she is and what she wants to say, and she just puts that out there without worrying about what anybody else thinks. And the song the songs are great. Um, <clears throat> so Stephen King, Nicholas Sparks, Taylor Swift. Um, and a guy named, a guy named that I don't really know, but his name is Javon Langford. Um, he's a guy that he's like a men's empowerment coach, but he's out there doing workshops all over the world. He's traveling. He's, um, he's taking care of every area of his life and he puts out messages that I feel like are really authentic and are really inspiring. So he may not be well known, but I, I follow his Instagram feed and I'm inspired every day. 
And do you have a favorite work of art? It can be any type of art, like a film or song or sculpture or painting. Um, and I can't choose Taco Bell, right? My <laughs> 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 favorite um, work of art, I think, is the Old City of Jerusalem. And by that, what I mean is um, the part where where Jerusalem used to be, where when King Herod reigned. And if you've gone to Jerusalem, it's it's a city that has walls, and inside these walls, you have Arabs and Christians and Jews, and you have like I think it's five different uh, sects that live in this what they call the old city. And inside the old city, it's it's magnificent to look at from afar. And then when you're in it, just to see everything like in Bible times and then just to see the life that's in there now, I think it's pretty incredible. Mm, lovely. And do you have a favorite quote that inspires you? I, at the risk of sounding cheesy, I'm going to choose the Mary Ann Williamson quote um about our deepest fear and I, i'm not gonna read the whole thing but it's our our deepest fear is that we uh, are uh, let me get it right here it's that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure it is our light not our darkness that most frightens us so and it's a longer quote than that and it's a great quote but i think that is so true. We are, and I know I have, like at times, as weird as it sounds, and I, people are going to be like, yeah, I'm tuning out now. Like the success part is scary to me. Going to cool countries and getting paid thousands of dollars from salt, it's kind of scary to me. Having articles in print and in magazines, it's scary to me at times. Uh, just the success, I worked so hard to get here. But now that I'm here and when I experience these wins, I feel like, do I deserve it? I feel like, am I good enough for it? I feel like, you know, should I even have this when other people are out there suffering? And so, like, that quote, you know, our deepest fear is that we're not inadequate. No, I, yeah, we're, that we're powerful. That, that definitely summarizes how I felt a lot of times. So as we wrap up here, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, if you're a writer, this is a great time to be a writer because there's so many opportunities to get your work out to the world, whether it's through a blog, whether it's through a, a website, or it's through a publication, or it's through a newspaper. Um, there, there are really no more gatekeepers. There, there are gatekeepers in a way, but it's not in the same way where you had to be this credentialed writer who graduated from some college and blah, 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 blah. Anybody can do this. I was a bread guy who self-published a book and then went on to write for some cool places. So if you're a writer, if you're a creative person, this is a great time to get your message out through the internet and social media. And if you've been on the fence, don't get off that fence. Hop off the fence, share your art, share your authentic voice, share that message that you know is inside of you and be real to that message and be true. People respect the real thing when they see it. Because they're used to seeing the polished version of everything. So be you, be real, and put it out there. And there's so many mediums for you to do that now. You don't have to hold back anymore. Thank you so much for being on the show, Kamanzi. Elizabeth, thank you for having me. Hi, I'm Hillary Hendershot. I am the founder of Hillary Hendershot Financial, and I'm the host of Profit Boss Radio, the podcast for women and money. And I just wanted to take a quick minute here and tell you, my goodness, Elizabeth Johnston is an incredible resource for when it comes to learning how to craft your marketing message in the form of story. As you know, 
stories are critical to marketing these days. If you are doing business with people and helping, enabling them to have a transformation in any area of life, whatever that is, experiential or in terms of their skills or the results they can produce in the world, you have got to have a compelling hero's story, hero's journey story so your customers can understand the journey that you as their guide can take them on. And I had gotten stuck wanting to tell my own financial turnaround story, but Elizabeth helped me understand how to tell that from their perspective so that they can easily and without any cognitive dissonance or frustration or difficulty, they can understand the powerful transformation that they can have when they work with me and the results I can produce in their life. Um, I'm sure that Elizabeth can help you produce those compelling and powerful results in your own business, and I really can't recommend her more. She's an absolute master at her craft. Great news, everyone. I'll be giving a course on how to use story in your marketing messaging. It starts on April 11th, and you will experience the same kind of breakthrough that Hillary had when she worked with me to incorporate story into her marketing messaging in a powerful and transformative way. I'll be giving an in-depth four-week online course on this subject starting April 11th. So if you want to join me, this would be absolutely fabulous to kickstart using story in your business in the right way. We'll be covering the topic from a variety of angles, including the difference between your homepage and your about page and what stories should go in each. I see this so often. People really don't understand what the function is of each of those pages are and, uh, and the kinds of stories that they should hold. In week two, I'll cover the stories that go into your know, like, and trust factor. And in week three, I'll talk about how to write stories about your business that put your client or your customer front and center. This is so that they can immediately relate to what you do and see that you are the one who can help them with their problem. And in the last week, I'll be showing you how to write about your business, your origin story, your passion story, and how they can be collected into a book about your business. You may already know that there's a trend out there that is replacing traditional business cards and brochures with an actual book, a business memoir. And I'll share with you stories from people ranging from dentists to paranormal researchers who, after writing a book, saw a huge increase in their business. And I'll show you how this is not just possible for you, but really actually doable. If you want more information on my upcoming class that starts April 11th, you can go to my website, www.elizabeth-johnston.com, and that's Johnston with a T, or you can go to the show notes, for this, uh, this episode, and you can find a link there. Thank you for listening to today's show. I'm Elizabeth Johnston, and I'm here to help you unlock your creative potential so that you think, feel, and do better in life and at work. So if you have any questions, send them to me at info at ownyourcreativity.com. I'll answer them in the next Q&A episode. Until then, make it a great week and own your creativity. Music.